6.30 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 6.30 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans, and welcome to a special edition, a supersized edition, a larger-than-life, well, larger-than-last week's edition, anyway, of the Elks this week here on 630 Chid. Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. We're uh, at the Commonwealth Fieldhouse, where the CFL Combine has been going on since uh, early this week. Uh, I think Tuesday and Wednesday, everybody started to roll in and take part. Uh, Dave, it's been a pretty cool week. Uh, I love I love the scene here, and, you know, you and I have been in here many times, and uh, for for elk practices and when it's inclement weather and but i love that the, the entire league is here like we're, we're we're saying hello to danny machochin we're saying hello to jim barker it's 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 pretty cool to see the league converge in this uh facility hey let's say hello to g-roy simon hey, g-roy. assistant uh, gm who joins us hey g-roy how you doing i'm great how's it going good thank good. you a uh, pretty cool atmosphere to be in eh? it's kind of it kind of obviously gets the juices flowing and you know you're seeing football players you're seeing everybody from the league i imagine it's been a good week for you yeah it's been it's been awesome you know we've been we've been away we've been doing our thing um, uh, you know, signing players, looking for new players, um, and to to be back in Edmonton and and have the combine here, uh, have the entire league here. It's it's been a great week, um, and and it really it's starting to feel like we're getting back to football again. Yeah, indeed, we're getting close. Tell me about the new format. They've added a couple of extra days this year, and it's going to be more team orientated stuff, more more you know team stuff and play stuff. Uh, what does that mean to guys who are watching these players like you? Well, the good thing is, you know, we still get all the testing numbers that you. Get get at a normal combine but now we get to see how these guys how they are in the classroom what how they can take information from the classroom and take it to the field um, how they process how they uh, make decisions and things like that so it's it's been um, it's it's been a great week to to see how these guys can um, how they can play football after after getting direction in, in the classroom I'm wondering as well does the extra or the, the the expanded format having a couple you know having more practices before one-on-ones does it help an evaluation deeper in the draft because when you talk about the first three four rounds maybe five rounds you're pretty aware of what you know who kind of slots in there as far as your draft board but what about six seven eight does that give you a better look at those guys yeah it gives you it gives you a great opportunity because sometimes a guy might not test well and you kind of you kind of push them down the board but like again sometimes guys just don't test well but they're very good football players there's there's been a number of guys who who didn't test well or guys who test very well and aren't as good football players so it really gives you an opportunity to see um you know guys transition from you know you know their youth sports last year and and what they've done in the offseason and then like i said how they take the the information from the field to uh from the classroom to the field when it comes to the testing which uh which uh testing uh exercise do you think translates best to football uh, probably the short shuttle. The short shuttle is a, a big one, um, uh, and and I, I can't say say one. It's the, the short shuttle, vertical jump, and and broad jump, because it, it shows explosiveness. It shows those. Uh, they show change of direction. Um, so those those are the key key factors. Obviously, the forty is the big one that everybody talks about. But we, you know, we as a group, we we look at the broad jump, vertical jump, and short shuttles. As Chris Jones was telling us earlier this week, it's not just the numbers, right? It's, if you're building the track team you're looking at the 40 right but <laughs> exactly. you're building a football team and there's so much more that goes into it yeah for sure it's 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 totally more than than a 40 because you know you 
you can get guys who, like I said, they test well and then they're not as good football players. So we have to be conscious of that. We have to, you know, be conscious of, of not falling in love with the testing numbers and, and, and really watch the film and, and evaluate the guys for what they are. You've been watching these guys all year, right? Uh, how much does this week impact where they can fall in the draft? I, I mean, some guys have, as you alluded to earlier, they have great combine, great numbers and everything. And does, does do guys move up and down as much as you might think from this week? Yeah, I mean, you know, guys guys move up. You know, we we have we have a little system that you know guys move move up and down from from every rep. Um, we're 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 very um, advanced in what we're doing right now, where you know guys can go up or down based on. Uh, one rep, uh, how they did it in a certain rep against a, a certain player. Um, there's been guys that, that have really um, improved their draft stock since we've been here, um, and we're excited to, to have an opportunity to draft them. Uh, I was looking back at the numbers from last year, and a guy you drafted had really good numbers in Gavin Cobb. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at it. He uh, he was first in the broad jump, second in the vertical, third in the three cone, third in the 40. How much did, did his combine affect his draft status last year? Um, it, it really helped him. But the thing is, I've known, I had known Gavin Cobb for eight, nine years. I'd known him since he was in, since he was, you know, at, at Mount Douglas in Victoria. So yeah, I knew that if we had an opportunity to take him, we were going to take him. Um, I'd, I would have liked to take him earlier just to, just to guarantee we we're getting him. But, uh, there was a few, there was a few, uh, moments of, of sweating because I wasn't sure if we were going to get him or not. <laughs> but, you know, when we had the opportunity to get him, uh, we jumped on it. And Gavin will be joining us later on the program today here on the this week, Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell, Elks assistant GM G. Roy Simon with us now. We're at the uh, Commonwealth Fieldhouse. Uh, the defense going through uh, their practice now. Offense is coming on the field later. Uh, tell me what the – is, is it going to be like, I guess, controlled scrimmages coming up later today? Yeah, I mean, you know, yesterday we got the individual work. Then we got one-on-ones. Th- they'll do some two-on-two stuff this year, this week, and then uh, they'll eventually get to 12-on-12. So, yeah, I think this is this is, this is is more like football. Uh, like I said, it's 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 more than just the testing. It's it's actually going out. You you know and you and you build up. You build up from the one on ones, the two on twos, and then you go full on. Uh, you know, twelve on twelve. Um, uh, we found out this week uh, from Chris Jones, GM and head coach of the Elks, that there's about six to eight, maybe up to ten players that have deferred to next year's draft, which. I think surprised a lot of people who are in the evaluation. For you at second overall, does that affect you too much? Uh, because you still got a first, you still got a second, you still got a third. Does that does that affect you though greatly that there could be ten guys that are not available? Well, you know when those guys defer, you know you just kind of forget about them till next year. And you know we gotta we gotta find someone that's that's going to come and help us now. Um, I think the the good thing for us is we're in a good position where. If we draft a kid, they, he doesn't have to come in and play right away. Right. We can we can we can bring him in and bring him bring him along slowly. Um, I think last year we were in a position where we had to you know we had to have a guy play right away. But I think you know we we built up the roster in a way that um, we're we're not. Um, we're not needing a guy to play right away. We can we can take a flyer on not a flyer, but we can take a guy that that doesn't have to play right away. He can take he can take some time and learn. 
five picks in the first 28, too, I believe, for the Elks uh, in the draft, which goes on on May 2nd, including, as Dave mentioned, uh, second overall. May 2nd's a draft. Canadian players and adding them, that's part of the process for, for making the team better. Tell me about the rest of the offseason and how you feel that uh, that you and Chris have done through free agency, through the signings you've got to free agents from down south. I think we had a great offseason. Uh, we were very um, we were very diligent in, in our work. We, we you know, we spend the entire North America uh, looking for the right guys. Um, good players, but also the right guys to, to bring in the locker room. I think free agency was very helpful for us and, and you know, helping our offense. Um, you know, obviously the receivers we brought in, you know, Eugene Lewis, Stephen Dunbar, um, Kyra Moore, and then even Josiah St. John, he's going to be a great asset for us. Um, you know, I, I think I think we, 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 we did a good job. Now it's, a, now it's time to, you know, finish things finish things off with the draft and 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 um fit, you know cherry pick a few more players and 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 put this put this roster together so we can you know go out and win and win big was there a combine when you were trying to break into pro football <laughs> yeah i went to the nfl combine right. i can't say that i had the best combine <laughs> um but I, I i made up for it after my pro day but yeah you sure I, did <laughs> i uh my, my combine was it, it was it was it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible but it wasn't great either mm-hmm. right. what do you tell a player because i know chris jones a couple days ago was saying you see a lot of nervous players out here. Yeah. So when you speak to a player, what what's your message to them? I try to I try to get guys to relax mm-hmm. um, because it, you know when you when a guy's nervous, he's not going to give you all the information. So uh, especially in the interview process, I I like to get a guy um, and and have him sit down. I try, I try to greet him before he before he sits down and, and gets in that hot seat, but also try to you know try to give him some softball questions, let him get comfortable, start telling a story. You know, usually if a guy talks about his family and and, and friends. And things that he did as a, as a, as a youngster, that's when they get a little more comfortable and they, they give you more information. Do you like to ask the weird questions in the interviews? Like, no. Uh, what kind of no. donut would you be? Questions. I'm, I'm not. I'm not that advanced. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just ask the guy, "Do you love football?" And then I can tell by their response whether they do or not. Um, I'm not. I'm not asking it whether you're a cat if you'd rather be a cat or a dog and all that stuff that's, that's not me <laughs> answer's always a dog by the way uh, uh, he says he didn't have a great combine and then he took that to the canadian football hall of fame uh g roy thanks for your time this morning appreciate it thank you guys thanks for having me uh, thanks, assistant uh, general manager g roy simon and when we come back it's the commissioner of the canadian football league randy ambrosi right here on the elks this week on 6 30 chet more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Welcome back to the Elks this week on 630 Chad, along with Morley Scott and Dave Campbell, and pleasure to be joined by the Commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. Randy, welcome back to Edmonton. Oh, it's always great to be here. Well, this is uh, nice to see everyone gathered. Uh, it's a new format, but this is the first normal season you might have. I say might because I thought it was going to be last year and then that strike happened so I'm a little pensive at times but it looks like finally things are back on the rails going to have a normal season this year well you know I, I you may, hopefully you'll laugh along with me but I started January 1st thinking well this is going to be a completely normal year and it's just gonna we're just gonna roll into the season and uh, and then of course we had the that we had the disruption with Montreal and and the decision by the former owners that they were going to make a change and in a very short span of time about from the time you know we learned that they were going to make the change 
changed to announcing the new owner was about six and a half, seven weeks of literally 24-hour day work. So this idea of normal is very strange to me. Okay, so just like this, like this that's my punchline. But it is so exciting to, uh, to have gotten through that. We now have a really strong situation mm-hmm. in Montreal. And, of course, that's just making, uh, that's created even more energy throughout the league. And now to be here, you know, to see this amazing collection of young young football players who are all wanting to, you know, live their dream of being stars in the CFL is very exciting. And, of course, the teams are all getting ready for the upcoming season. I think we're going to, I think we're going to see more competition and a more competitive league this year than maybe we've seen in, in a long, long time. And that's exciting as well. And, uh, yeah, so it is nice the thought that, uh, you know, we're kind of heading towards a more traditional uh, CFL season and one filled with energy and excitement. Did they do combines in your day? They didn't. In fact, you know, you'll, you'll laugh, but I, I got up uh, I got up to fly here on Thursday morning, and the first, uh, for some reason, the first thing I thought of was, you know, back in my day, and then I realized that was 38 years ago, uh, and 38 years ago, and I and I had this, like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? Uh, but when I spoke to the players this morning, I, um, you know, I said to them, um, first of all, I, I wanted them to, to know that I think they're all winners there, and they're, they're um, we're so honored to have them here, but I said, no matter what happens, where you play, you get drafted in the first round or the fifth, you play one game or you play 15 years, this game has already left and will leave an indelible imprint on your life, and almost everything that happens after is going to, you're going to benefit from the fact that you played this great game. All the lessons that you've learned about teamwork and hard work and perseverance will come back to be such great benefits to you, and I I just looked out at them, and I all I could think of was, gosh, I just would love to be 22 again and, and sitting where they're sitting, but uh, no, we didn't do this, but despite the fact that we didn't do this, um, you know, we, we made our way through, but I'm, I'm excited for them to showcase their skills. I uh, would also be like to be 22 and covering a combine as well. Right, yeah. kind of nice. uh, this is, everybody's here. I mean, like, football ops from every team is here. Everybody's here. Uh, it's a, obviously an important event on the calendar. Why did you bring it here, and is there future plans to maybe just keep moving this around the league? Because it is such a huge event, and it gets people talking. Well, we, we, uh, we haven't talked about uh, beyond this, but really the credit for being here goes to Victor Cuey. Victor, uh, Victor had this idea that they could host it here. He was very passionate about it. You know Victor is a very, he's a very compelling guy, and he makes a good argument. Uh, but he came to Greg Dick, our head of football operations, with the idea that Edmonds could host, uh, could host Combine. And, you know, again, they put together a real, a real smart package that, that was very convincing. And here we are in this beautiful location. And the feedback I've gotten so far from everyone has been how much they have really enjoyed being here. What we do going forward, ironically, I just had someone say a lot of the teams are kind of saying, hey, this would be cool in, in our CFL city. So, again, we'll make those decisions down the road. But for today, kudos to uh, to the city of Edmonton and kudos to Victor and his organization for bringing us here. All right, let's talk about some league business. Important to get that situation with the Alouettes figured out. And it's hard to believe for the first time the Alouettes have a local owner, and that's exciting. Yeah, you know, it's been um, it's been since the the uh, the mid '80s that they've had a local owner in Montreal, and I can you know I think we can all see just how important that local connection will be. And even during uh, to listen to Pierre Carl Palado's uh, comments, how that connection him to Montreal, his you know his desire to you know to do something for the city that he lives in that he's so proud of, 
you know, I think it is going to bring a remarkable energy, and, and uh, I'm expecting great things in Montreal as a result of Pierre uh, being, you know, a Montrealer and a proud Quebecer and wanting and wanting to see that team succeed. Uh, you've been talked about how we're getting close to normal or as close as possible to normal in 2023. As you go into the season now, where's where's your big concern? What's what's the big thing on your plate right now? You know, I I, I said this to the board, and I'll keep I'll restate this. Like I've got two right now. My two biggest priorities: one is the execution of our genius relationship, mm-hmm. this marketable fan strategy, and it's all you know to grow our to grow our business over the next three to five years as we head towards the the end of our current um, our current TV rights deals, where where all of our deals are going to be coterminous. Think about how do we how do we take this league to the next level? We've got such a great partner in Bell and TSN and RDS. Want to be a great partner with them, and then think how do we grow this game with them beyond uh, the, the current deal? But then after that, it's expansion, and and expansion is so critical because it does so many fundamentally good things for our league. Ten teams would mean a 19-week regular season rather than 21. That means Grey Cup would be November 7th, for example, rather than November 21st. In the on the prairies, that makes a big, big difference. That means our playoff games would be October October dates, not November dates. That means we'd play about 10% of our games, 10% more of our games in the summer season than in the fall season. We do about 10 we do about 10% more revenue per game in the summer season than we do in the fall season. It just has knock-on effects everywhere that are good for the league. And it's about momentum and it's about energy and, and relevance. And so I think that there's no better use of my time than to think about how do we grow the league? How do we get to that 10th team? And somebody once said you can't get to 12 until you get to 10. But you got to get that 10th team. And that would be, I think, a, that's a, such, a, such an important opportunity. It's deserving of a lot of my time and my office's time and attention. All right. We'll end with a uh, fun one. Which testing drill do you think you would have excelled at? Uh, well, I watched yesterday. I think I, I definitely not the broad jump. Okay, so I take that one off. I, I do think my vertical would be sketchy, so it wouldn't be the high jump. Um, the 40 would be terrible, so we won't say it's the 40. The thing I could probably still do, I could still get on the bench and do a little bit there, at least not not. I do a, I do enough that I wouldn't com- completely humiliate myself. Okay? So, so I don't know how good it would be, but I think of it the other way as what could I do that wouldn't totally embarrass me? Yeah, there was guys who did 29 on the bench this week. Like That's pretty impressive. Yeah, if, and if you started my count at 27, I could do 29 too. Well, I might be able to do the 40-yard dash right. if there was the taco station at the end of it. So, Randy, thank you so much. It's good to see you again and uh, exciting times here in Edmonton with the Combine and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate I, this. I look forward to that very much. Take care. Thanks to the Commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi, who joins us here at our location inside the Commonwealth Fieldhouse. The CFL Combine is underway. We'll talk more about it. He mentioned in one of his answers, Greg Dick, the CFL Chief Football Operations Officer, uh, and how he kind of works to set this whole thing up. We'll talk to him when we come back here on the Elks this week on 630 Chet. Now, more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad.
Morley Scott, along with Dave Campbell, and we're here at the uh, Com- Commonwealth Fieldhouse for the CFL Combine, which has been going on all week. And one of the guys who uh, sets that up and organizes it from the uh, CFL level is Greg Dick, who's the CFL Chief Football Operations Officer. Uh, Greg, uh, we heard from Randy Ambrosi. Thanks for joining us, by the way. We heard from You're Randy welcome. Ambrosi earlier today that uh, Victor Q came to you. Uh, Victor Quee came to you and said, hey, why don't we have this in Edmonton? Uh, tell me the genesis of moving this event, which traditionally has been in Toronto, to Edmonton. Yeah, it was partly uh, the Elks and Victor, but uh, but also we we were looking around at different facilities, and obviously the Fieldhouse here at Commonwealth is a facility that you know is a great facility. Mm-hmm. Being able to use the Elks meetings rooms and their then their facilities combined with this was part of the part of the decision. And, and in Canada, there aren't that many indoor facilities to hold an event like this. So those that's you know obviously that's gate number one we have to get through, right? And then the big thing that came with Edmonton, not only Victor and the Elks support, is the cities of Edmonton support. So um, Explore Edmonton um, wanted us here. The West and Edmonton wanted us here. So that support obviously has a has a big factor in our decision making. Uh, do you get any numbers? But your players, coaches, scouts, GMs, uh, CFL staff. How many people are here for this? Yeah. So there's about 87 players, um, and uh, we would have we had a few up to 90 would have been the the set number. There's a few guys uh, that play NCAA. They're doing pro days and they're coming up late and stuff like that. Um, coaches. GMs, scouts, each team is probably bringing anywhere from five to to ten guys here. So, right? So you're talking about, you know, 40, 50, yeah. to 90 people, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and then from a CFL staff perspective, we've got about 20 people here yeah, to run so, it. Yeah. So we're up close to 250 people then. Yeah, so obviously, it's a, economically, it's a pretty big hit for the city of Edmonton, for sure. Uh, planning this thing. I mean, this is my first time at a combine, and I know it's bigger this year. You've added a mm-hmm. couple of days. Uh the undertaking of this, of the planning of this event, must be just monstrous for you it's, and your staff. This is the biggest off-season event for the league office and the and the teams, right? So it's, uh, you know, it's not as much as a Grey Cup would be, but we've got a week long of uh, of events, and you don't even notice. We started on Monday with rules committee, GM meetings, so then you lead into the combine, which starts. You know, kids start arriving Tuesday night, Wednesday, and then we have the the combine kicks off on Wednesday. So it is a big event. It's um, it takes a lot of planning. My team, the operations team works with the events team who also reports to me and and uh to plan this so it's it's uh it's five four or five months in the making to get it all put together so it's a it used to be a three-day event it's five and we're watching the the defense practice right now the offense will come out and they'll go into the into the one-on-ones we're going to see you know scrimmages and things like that yeah tell me about this format how it came to be and the feedback you receive from from football operations yep. from around the league yeah it's a great question so we we work closely obviously with the club's football operations to to have this event this is the premier evaluation event for them so it's not just us in the league office figuring out what we want to do it's it's talking of the teams and and deciding how we want to run the combine portion and then after last last year's combine which um, I think almost all teams thought it was the best combine we'd ever run in terms of structure and flow and timing we uh, we got talking to them about how do we evaluate the players better in terms mm-hmm. of having them on the field a little bit more in the one-on-ones and practices and so that we started talking to them about a senior bowl concept which you obviously have heard in the states right where they go down for practice mm-hmm. and they do a combine then they have a week of practice and a game so we took that concept and, and tested it with the, with the clubs and, and came up with this three days of on the field practice no game the coaches are like we don't need to see them in a game we want to see them in the more, more on the field and practice and and then 
<clears throat> excuse me, still have the combine at the front front end to test, right? Get those. They all want to see their 40s and their vert and their bench and their three cone, etc. And and then get them on the field and, and see how they can learn an offense. And so we uh, that's how we, we was really a given back and forth with the GMs and head coaches and and to figure out how we get to this. And then you'll notice every team has one coach, either as the offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, or position right. coach. And that's to obviously make it equal for them from an evaluation perspective. But then it's it's the teaching, right? They want to see this is a you know the biggest job interview for these guys they've ever had in their lives because it's off field and on field and it's pretty much every second of the day the the, the teams are evaluating these guys. Uh, it's the best of both yeah. worlds for mm-hmm. both sides, right? Because the the teams get to look at the guys longer, the guys get more of a chance yeah. to show what they got, and especially in the team situation, hundred percent. Right? And, and you know if they have a bad testing day, they got another chance. They got. Mm-hmm four more days or three more days or whatever it is to, to bounce back and show them to what they got. You know, you, and you mentioned the, the coaches from around the league that are donating their time and volunteering to do this. I mean, this is, off-season's busy. You yep. know, there's always that long planning process to get the training camp, but it's it's nice to see that the coaches donate their time for this. Yeah, I they I don't even think they look at it as donating their time. Yeah. This is like, they love their coaches, love the coach, right? But it, for, sure. for some of them, it's a great development because there's position coaches there are the OC and the DC, right? Not the regular Noel Thorpe, for instance, the DC, and he's coaching linebackers this week, right? Mm-hmm. So they, um, they, but it's also the opportunity for them to get closer to the players from an evaluation perspective because they're on the field, they're in the meetings with them, <clears throat> and then they they can share that with their colleagues on the team, right? It's a, it's just a, a great opera, another opportunity, a more detailed, deeper dive opportunity to evaluate that they haven't had in the past. It, and you know, when you talk about a player evaluation perspective, we talked with Gray Simon, the assistant GM of the Elks, and I asked him about if you're a player that's kind of in that six, seven, eight round range. I imagine this format allows you to be seen a lot, a lot clearer than than before. Yeah, definitely, and it's uh, it definitely. It, <clears throat> they're going to want to show on their testing those guys that are the end of the draft, <clears throat> and they're also going to want to see show that they can, how they can do it on the field because they they want you know six seven eight rounds. Let's be honest, they're going to they're going to cut their teeth on special teams to right. get some playing time in the CFL, right? So they want to show not only how they can play O and D, but you know do they have the skill set to run down on kickoff and punt cover whatever it may mm-hmm. be, right? To carve a spot a niche spot out for them on the on the on the club. You mentioned the rules committee meeting uh, earlier in the week. Uh, anything yep. you can share from that? Uh, I mean, the, I think a lot of people think the league's in pretty good shape right now, rules-wise. They've yep. made some tweaks over the last few years. Yep. Uh, uh, anything come out of that that you can share? Well, last year, you know, we made some major rule changes mm-hmm. with the hash marks and the pick kickoff position and different things like that. And so we want another year to evaluate those major rule changes. They were great. It, every Every... KPI, every measurement that we wanted improved, right, from last year. And so we want another year to make sure that they're actually working, continue to work. And so the, the rules committee, it was more um, technical rules that we that we shared, that we looked at, um, you know, standard enhancements, just so very technical, very productive meetings. But uh, this the process is those rules are now going to go to management council, which is all the club presidents, and then it goes to the board of governors to be approved, and then and then it will be announced publicly. So I'm but, not going to share anything. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Fair no enough. scoops yet. Clear, clearly, though, <laughs> we're not going to see big moves like we've no, seen the last couple correct. of years, right? Correct. hundred percent, yeah. Stuff, so then after the next... This season coming then then we'll see is it continuing to work what else can we do you know last year our goal was um <clears throat> game flow scoring right more excitement for the fans and so that's that's going to be you know still the theme and and we'll see how it goes this year again and hopefully hopefully we continue to improve our uh, 
our product and make it exciting for the fans to watch. The national players are here, prospects for the draft, but global players are here as well. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about the global program and, and, and where it's at. I think probably like everything else in the world, it was it got a major hiccup with COVID and yep. it slowed things down. Where are we at with the, with the global uh, program now for the Canadian football? Yeah, league? no, I, it's it's going well, and and there's a better. Uh, the, each year we find better prospects, right? And that's and you'll see if you look at the the list of global guys this year, you see a lot of guys that are from the NCAA, right? So there's a lot. Um, Europeans are generally, and some Mexican players are, are filtering over to Canada. Some are playing U Sports, some are NCA. <clears throat> Britain has a university system, so you see a lot of guys staying there. Japan has their own university system, so you see a lot of guys staying there. And but the 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 level of athlete that we're that we're finding is growing more and more. NFL obviously, there's always this talent acquisition race with the NFL. They've got their NFL and international pathway program. There's guys that are in that program that may get end up end up getting drafted with us one to two players can dress for every game can play in the game um the 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 one of the challenges is is, a, is getting them on the field do they have to replace an american or is it a canadian right and that's and that's each team has to choose how they how they play their global player you see some kickers um for clearly australian punters are very good they're in the nfl they're in the cfl but you today um, in the last few days, you see some globals really, really showing out. Guys that can really play. Yeah, you, they've been on special teams. You mentioned kickers. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of guys who have started, and I guess that's the theatric Hansen. I guess in, in, in Winnipeg yep. was probably the most impactful of all the global players. In BC, starts. yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, so uh, so it, it's. Uh, I guess that's the next step is to get more guys to take a step and become that's right more important guys yep. on their team. Yep, right? and it's uh, and like anybody rookies have to earn their stripes right so yeah. that's that's just the plan i mean with the ratio the way it is mm-hmm. we have a certain number of nationals canadians that start and a certain number of the rest of are americans right so it's does a global can a global displace an american and a starting role right that's really what it comes down to right yeah. so it you know skill positions it'll be developing right we're not going to see a global quarterback probably right away. There are a number of Europeans that are playing NCAA, but you know, same same for Canadians. You know, it, I think the Americans always have the leg up. They're starting playing quarterback when they're six years old or seven years old, yeah. right? In the United States, so you know. But there's certain positions you see, and certainly Hanson Dibali on D line. You see a lot of great athletes on D line. You see a lot of athletes at the linebacker Tyrone Vred, who's from Netherlands and Ottawa plays regularly. Um, and uh, and then um, so you'll see those guys who can earn their stripes on special teams, and then they're going to move their way on, right? I imagine to a certain extent too, you got to get the teams to buy in, right? Too as well, well and it, make sure that it, these guys get the opportunity. Listen, they want the best players. They don't yeah. care where they're from. Yeah. If they if they can play, they're going to play them on the field, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Now, obviously, there's ratio rules. They have to work within the ratio rules. Football coaches don't care where you're from. As long as you can help them win a game, that's, that's the most important thing for them. <laughs> Winning is everything, right? Exactly, 100%. Uh, what's, as you go home from this uh, next week, uh, what's the biggest thing on, on your plate as far as football operations goes in the CFL? Yeah, now April is a bit of a good month for us to sort of uh, have some downtime, get collect, re-collect, uh, re-energized and ready because we have training camp starts. Our rookie camp starts on May 10th, right? So, yeah. we, so we'll have a couple weeks in, in April where we can uh, – we can re-energize. We'll we'll get feedback from all the clubs 
on this event, take that into account. I think we'll probably move quickly in terms of book booking our combine for next year from a location perspective, mm-hmm. probably within the next couple of months after we get feedback. And uh, I have a lot of other business responsibilities too, so I've got some <laughs> other other things to do. Uh, I also run Grey Cup and events, so I got uh, I'll be working on that stuff. But but April is is the month for us to get ready as training camp opens, and then as you know, right? We got yeah, made in made in November, and there's no stopping. Yeah, so. let's go, let's go for <laughs> sure. Uh, Greg, appreciate your time. Thanks very Thank much. Thanks, uh, Greg Dick, uh, head of football operations for the Canadian Football League, joining us here. We've got more, and we come back to the Commonwealth Fieldhouse, the CFL Combine going on. Morley Scott, along with Dave Campbell, on the Elks this week on 6:30. Chet. Now more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 6:30. Chad. Uh, Dave Campbell's with me, Morley Scott, here at the uh, Commonwealth Fieldhouse. The CFL Combine's been uh, going on all week here, the expanded CFL Combine. Usually it's three days. It's five days now in Edmonton. Uh, they're doing more team-related things uh, the last couple of days, which I'm looking forward to watching uh, today. Uh, we're joined now by a member of the Edmonton Elks, uh, who was, uh, I don't know, one of the stars of the Combine last year. Gavin Cobb, receiver, joins us now. Hey, Gavin, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good to uh, see you. Our pleasure. First off, give us an injury update. You had uh, the... the a horrific injury in the preseason uh, and uh, you got taken off on a cart mm-hmm. and we never saw you again. <laughs> uh, yeah. t- how are things? It- things are good. No complaints. I mean, rehab went well. Everything healed up the way it's supposed to be and I've been full full go training for the past, you know, three, four months now. So, getting ready to go. Excellent. So, nothing's going to get in your way for May Nothing, then. no. Uh, which, which is good news. Uh, it's going to be a little different for you. You got a little experience now with a, <laughs> with a training camp uh, and now you're coming in kind of still your rookie year. Not really, but kind of still your rookie years. But, Nice to have that experience, at least, of last year and being around the team all year on. Oh, yeah. I mean, the uh, the experience being around the guys and just learning from the pros and how everybody operates, you know, on a day-to-day basis, it it, sh- it really showed me a lot, and I learned a lot of things. You know, I picked up a lot of stuff from guys like Manny Arsenault and Aaron Grimes because I've been around those guys, you know, for the season with Manny, and, you know, AG's been here all off season. You know, you pick up a lot of things from guys like, like them, right? So it's been really good, and uh, I can't complain about, you know, the way my training's been going, and we've had, you know, we've had pretty good weather here, and my training's been going great. I've been training with a good group of guys, so I'm really excited for camp to get going here. What's it like going into a combine and the pressure that you feel and the, you know, the spotlight that you're on with the whole league watching you? Oh, it's, it's a feeling that a lot of people probably don't really understand because, you know, we're in here playing football that we do what we love, and it's fun, right? But when you walk into the room... You can feel the tension almost, you know. People are, you know, holding their breath. They don't want to speak out or do too much or do too little. Everybody's trying to live right on that right on that line of, you know, I'm doing good, but I don't want to stick out in the wrong way, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the way, the way you get through that is really you have to be yourself. You have to come out here, carry yourself the way you would normally, you know, shake everyone's hand, look everyone in the eyes, especially the coaches and the GMs and all the people who you're really trying to impress because this is just a big job interview. Right. You know, and it's it's good fun, when, especially when you know you're doing well. You know, I, when I came out here last year to the Combine, I had high expectations for myself. I think I met my expectations. I think I might have exceeded some 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 people's expectations. But when you start getting in that groove, you know things are flowing, man, it, it becomes a lot of fun. I'm, I'm just looking at your numbers from last year. Uh, yeah, you had some, you had a good uh, combine. Uh, first in the broad jump, 
second in the vertical, third in the 40, third in the three cone, and uh, tied for fourth in the shuttle. So mm-hmm. uh, that's part of it, right? You, and, and another thing you got to talk about, too, is you get, you got to perform when the lights come on, right? Yep. Whether it's a game, a combine, whatever it is, and you did exactly that last year. Well, I mean, I think that's what a lot of the coaches and, and the GMs are really looking at is, like, can these guys perform when the spotlight is on them? Mm-hmm. Because that's what it's like in football, you know? We got... How many ever thousands people watching on TV, people in the stands, the spotlight is on you, you know what I'm saying? And that's really what people are out here evaluating. Can these guys perform when the pressure's on, when the spotlight is on them? Can they be cool, calm, and collected and keep their their, their wits about them? Every, every team's had that receiver who maybe gets 50% of the balls in practice but never drops one in a game, mm-hmm. right? And that's when the lights <laughs> are on where you got to perform. Yeah. So uh, another aspect of this week, interviews. Interviews with with, with teams. I can't imagine what a meat grinder that is. So tell me about that process and what's the most unorthodox or weird question you got asked last year. <laughs> oh, well, the interview process, man, it's it's actually a lot of fun mm-hmm. because you really never know what the coaches are going to be asking you, but they always ask you the questions that they know the answer to, mm-hmm. you know? Like they're going to ask you something about your past that you really don't want people to know but they already know. Right. So you have to answer honestly or they're going to say, wow, this guy's a liar. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I remember last year I had an interview with Montreal. And the first thing one of the coaches said to me, he looks at me and says, you don't like to work out, do you? No. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just because my at the regional combine I had only hit one rep on the bench press. It right. was, you know. I had, I'm not going to make any excuses, bad rep. And he says, yeah, I'll, you don't like to work out because you only benched it one time. I said, coach, I promise, I do work out. You know, I don't think I'd be here if I wasn't working out. But, I mean, I think they just throw those things at you to see how you respond. You know, he didn't mean any disrespect by it. He just mm-hmm. wanted to see, am I going to get defensive or um, am I going to, you know, talk to him like we're, we're having a real conversation right. here, right? Yeah. Well, I talked, I talked results to, spoke for themselves, clearly, because you brought it last year. I, I talked to Mark Cordy last week on the show, and he said, hey, the, the old linemen don't like running the 40, and the receivers don't like doing the bench, right? right. That's, just, that's just how it works. But some drills just aren't, they just don't work for your position, right? And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And you, you came out, and, and again, same thing. A lot of, it matters what you do here, but in a certain extent it doesn't because it matters what you do in May when camp starts, Exactly. Right? Rookie camp opens May 10th, and if you don't shine there, you're not around very long. It right? is exactly right. I mean, this, people say it all the time in, in pro football. It doesn't matter what round you're picked in, what you know, what draft pick you are. Mm-hmm. If you don't come out in camp and show, and show out and perform, I mean, we're all the same once we get on the field in between those white lines. What's your feel about uh, the team heading into camp and obviously... You look at your receiving core, and mm-hmm. got a lot of big names, starting with Eugene Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, During free agency, it got a lot harder for a receiver to make the team. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But, I mean, honestly, though, that, that excites me because, for me, as a, as a young guy, you know, we're bringing in some big-name guys, yes, like Gino, um, Dunbar, Kyron Moore, right? Those are guys with experience, you know what I'm saying? I think those are guys that I can learn from, and it's going to push me to become the best football player that I can be. You know, because at the end of the day, the best players are going to play, right? And if I can compete with those guys and show that I belong with that group, I think that, you know, prove to myself and prove to the league that I belong and I can play. 
Excellent. Uh, Gavin Cobb, uh, Elks receiver with us now. Uh, glad you're healthy. Glad you're ready to go. Uh, looking forward to, to a new uh, a new season, new training camp. It's getting close, man. It's not yeah. that far away anymore, right? No, six weeks out. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't be more excited. Starting right to see some brown grass all around the city, so you know football <laughs> season's coming. So, uh, Gavin, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the weekend. and. You know, thank you very much. Have a great uh, rest of your day, spring, and we'll see you guys in May. You can't uh, wait, man. You, you know can't it, uh, Gavin Cobb. Appreciate your time, uh, Elks receiver. Uh, that's it for us. We're out of time here on the Elks uh, this week. Uh, Dave, uh, thanks for joining me. I know uh, you got next week off, so enjoy yourself. Yeah, and I will. We'll, uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks, and uh, I'll be back in seven days' time to talk more football on the Elks this week on six thirty. Chet.